StrongmanCorporation.com presents Strongman Radio, home for news, information, reviews, and results of the American Strongman Corporation and North American Strongman Incorporated, as well as strongmen across the globe. Coming to you from Strongman Global Studios, here are your hosts. Strongman Radio, this is episode 68. We have a bunch of good guests on today, and we'll also give some scores and results later on from previous contests held this weekend. What we'll have is uh, our first guest today, we'll have Mike Cromer. I'll introduce him in a little bit, and then later on, we'll also have Mark Bevins joining us. This is going to be a little bit of a master's special for first. I'd like to welcome on Mike. How are you doing tonight, Mike? I am great. How are you? Good, man. Good to have you. So why don't you give us a little bit of a background as to how you became Masters Champion last year? Well, you know, it was my first year competing in any Masters contest. Uh, I turned uh, 41 last year. Um, mm-hmm. I'd been doing open for a while, but I had uh, had my bicep torn and I had to have it repaired. So I figured why not give it a shot at just doing a Masters contest. And I went down to Oregon, competed there and qualified, and I figured – why not just go to the Olympia? If it was at the Olympia, how could you pass it up? I'd go to the Olympia and compete exactly. for the heck of it. So uh, I was just going in, planning on having fun, enjoying the experience at the Olympia. And uh, I was able to come out of it with a victory, and uh, it was a it was an unexpected victory, um, I, but I will take it in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> okay. That's always good. Um, how did you get from – you know, like you said, you won last year. It was your first time doing the Masters. So how did you prepare for that? What what kind of background do you have that uh, prepared you for that? Well, uh, truthfully, I've been doing strongman since 98. Um, okay. I've been doing this a long time. Uh, so it, any more than just getting ready for a contest is, is, is pretty old habit for me. Um, I've, done the, I've done most of the events uh, pretty routinely. Last year was a little bit of a difficulty for me because different experience for me because I was coming off a of bicep repair. It's the first time I've had to compete uh-huh. that soon after having my bicep, having a muscle repaired. And uh, I was about 24 weeks um, out from having my bicep repaired. And I had just, just a couple weeks prior uh, been able to hit 600 for a couple reps. So my goal going into the Olympia really was uh, to be competitive in the events and just go and have fun, which is kind of how I take my, my contest anymore. It's just go and have fun. It's a lot more relaxing. You don't get stressed out. Okay. So what have you done th- this year as far as, you know, regular contests competing-wise? Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat I was last year because I uh, I was getting ready for Ode Haugen's contest in, in L.A., and I tore my other bicep uh, work, working okay. on the fishing pole lift. So I'll be about uh, 28 weeks out from having my bicep repaired, I think, is where I'm going to be. And so, uh, luckily with this one, it was a, it was a clean snap, and the surgeon did a great job of repairing it. So I'm already working with all the contest weights, and for me now, it's just a matter of, you know, how many can I do? And uh, the one event that I'm that I'm 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 kind of struggling with right now, and that's just because it requires so much so much use of the bicep, is the sandbag carry. Um, okay. But uh, and. Carry events, uh, sandbag carries, keg carries, those are usually always kind of a challenge for me anyway. 
but I've mm-hmm. been putting a lot of emphasis on that, and I feel fairly comfortable with it so far. Okay. That sounds good. Um, so was it the same bicep, or was it the other one? The other one. I've had both of them repaired now, back-to-back uh-huh. years. Okay. Uh, so you feel pretty good with the log press as far as the cleaning goes with that? Your biceps feel pretty strong then? Same thing with the circus dumbbell? Yeah, I've had to I've had to adjust my technique a little bit, you know, um, but because I'm I'm a pretty good presser, I've, I've usually with, when it comes to the log, it was really more of a, a uh, an upper body movement for you. When I really I didn't really work on snapping my hips through when when I was rolling the log up, so I really really emphasized that and uh, and it's made it a lot easier. So I'm getting nice clean reps and I'm I'm stable as soon as I hit my chest, so I can press right up. Um, as far as the dumbbell, uh, I'm I'm doing you know. Basically, I'm, I'm at the I'm at the the contest weights, and I'm just trying to see how many I'm getting in 60 seconds, and trying to improve on that at this point. And okay. uh, so the dumbbell and the log, I'm not really worried about. Okay, so let's go. It's be your second year competing now. You know, trying to defend your title. Can you bring us back to last year, um, since that was your first Masters Nationals and in Vegas, like you said, at the Olympia? What was going through your mind? I mean, you know, big contest like that first year. Um. You know, the first year at the Olympia, it's it's such a uh, a great venue, and you have so so much more traffic than you would in a normal contest, and so many people watching you. There is a little bit of performance anxiety, but again, you know, just focusing on the events, and and and, and of course, you know, when it comes to strongman, it's a really friendly group of people, so it's easy right. to fit right in wherever you go. And, mm-hmm. and it makes competing a lot easier because, you know, everybody's out there cheering for you. I mean, even if you're going head to head with somebody and it's a dogfight all day, you know, you guys are giving high, you're giving high fives, you're cheering the other guy on almost all, all the whole day long. Uh, right. So as far as, uh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm again, you know, this is the second year I'm going to be defending my title, which is a, a new feeling for me, but. Um, so you're going to, uh, you're going to be going heavyweight again? Oh, I'm I'm uh, open heavyweight. I'm I'm actually going to be about 20 pounds lighter than I was last year uh, with um, with the bicep surgery and having to cut back on what I was doing. Um, I gained some weight going into the contest. I was actually I ballooned up to about 352 pounds. Um, this okay. year I'll be competing probably about 335. Um, usually between 330 and 335 is where I like to compete. Okay. And then with um, so you have that you're all coming up and you're you're ready for all your uh, your events. You know you're training pretty well. Your biceps recovering all that. What is what thing do you have to focus on a lot that might not really be the physical part of it? Um, like what, what, as for example, like if you're getting ready for your contest, always for me it's making sure that I eat enough. Actually, like when I'm competing, is there anything like that that you really you know really sticks out? Like maybe I'm just getting your mind right or anything like that. Yeah, you know, um, I did something a little bit different recently. Is I've been I've done my pro my my own programming for a long time, and uh-huh. I, I felt like I needed to change something up. So I reached out to John Anderson, and uh, and I started doing some deep water stuff with him, and it changed my my uh, my mental focus when it comes to doing events. You know, it used to be I would have a number in my mind. And that's what I would go for at the contest. And pretty much if I got that, I would be happy and, and kind of shut it down. But anymore, you know, with, with uh, the change in intensity, it's not how many I think I can get. It's how many can I get in 60 seconds. Uh, my goal now is to do the event for the for the whole time. I want to be moving the whole time. 
So, mm-hmm. um, and that's changed my my conditioning also at the same time, which is which is uh, awesome. Okay, so you've you've been working him with your nutrition and with your programming then, or just yeah, kinda, yeah. So I have uh, I have a great I have a great uh, great great training facility, Rab Fitness. They've been helping helping me with my nutrition. I've got that dialed in, um, working on my macros and all that fun stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, like I said, I did work with John. Um, now I'm I'm using his uh, his deep water and incorporating it with my training, which it's a, it brings it to a whole new level. Okay, that's good to hear. Uh, you've been listening to Mike Cromer on Strongman Radio. We're going to take a quick, quick uh, commercial break. When we come back, we'll hear more about his experiences last year and his ones coming up that he's excited for this year coming up for Masters Nationals 2015 on Strongman Radio. Are you interested in the largest strongman organization in the world? Visit strongmancorporation.com. From amateurs to professional athletes, you'll find amazing articles, live event competitions, even videos and blog posts. That's strongmancorporation.com, fully sanctioned for amateur and professional strongman. It's beyond ordinary fitness. It's the world's premier strength sport. Hit up the website at strongmancorporation.com to learn everything about strongman strength and power. When you're fishing, if you don't cast, you won't catch. The same goes for advertising. If you don't cast your line out there, nobody will know you exist. With the Strongman Corporation podcast, you'll be casting to more than 35,000 listeners each week in the U.S. alone, plus more than 100,000 around the world. Learn more by clicking the Contact Us tab at thestrongmancorporation.com. Beyond Ordinary Fitness, the world's premier strength sport. When you own a business or product, you want everyone to know about it. If that product is for the men and women who enjoy the fitness and camaraderie of strongman competitions, then it's never been easier to reach them. Advertise in our podcast today and reach over 35,000 downloaders each week. Learn more by clicking the Contact Us tab at strongmancorporation.com. Beyond Ordinary Fitness the world's premier strength sport. Welcome back to Strongman Radio. We still have Mike on the line with us. Uh, we just, we discussed the first three events. We talked about the log press, circus dumbbell, how Mike feels comfortable with his bicep repairs. He's all ready to go for that. We also talked about sandbag. Sandbag is going to be a tough one even for nationals as well. There's going to be uh, – I actually have a medley of four there, so you guys are lucky you only have one. Um, sandbag is great for some, really tough for others. The ones we didn't talk about yet is the yoke walk and the frame deadlift. So why don't we talk, start off, Mike, with the yoke walk. How are you – how do you fare on that one? Well, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm uh, pretty far ahead of the game as far as uh, getting ready from previous year. I think uh, last year I finished somewhere around just under 17 seconds to take it to 60 feet. Um, and right now I'm, I'm shooting for, uh, between nine and 11 seconds to hit that, that same distance. I did, uh, 11 seconds in training on, on Saturday. Um, and I felt pretty comfortable with it. So it's nice, uh, it's nice improving that much in a year and, uh, and feeling, feeling pretty, pretty strong and confident with it. Okay. That's great to hear. And then how about the last one, the frame deadlift? How do you feel on that one? Frame deadlift is going to be a challenge. Uh, no doubt about it. Without having the straps on there, 700 pounds per reps in 60 seconds um, yeah. definitely becomes more of a 
more of a grip event. And so, uh, it's just grip and rip and, and see how long your grip, your grip can hold out. Um, I do like the fact that I've been training from 15 inches right now. Um, and, and able to hit the contest weight. So doing it from 18 inches would just be a bonus. Okay. That's good. And then, um, so you have all those finished. And like you said, there is a nice camaraderie around the strongman athletes. Now you've competed since the nineties, you said late nineties. Um, what, what have you, what have you learned? I guess you could say from competing when you're younger to now competing in your forties. Um, some, some advice that you might be able to give to, uh, some younger listeners out there. Uh, you know, I, when I first started, it was all about really training the specific events for, uh, a contest. And I mm-hmm. learned that with every contest, there's something different. Um, and, and if you, if you just train to do the events that you think that they're the, the way they're going to be staged at a, at a contest, um, you'll fail miserably at some point. So mm-hmm. you just, you you train in generally in, in, in a more generalized manner. Um, for all events, and not only will that help you be a better all, all-around strongman athlete, but it'll also uh, make it so that you don't come up against something that's unexpected that you can't deal with. Right. I got you. That's that's good. That's good advice. So, you know, with that training, you do have a great facility to train at. You mentioned it briefly earlier. You said it was uh, Rad Fitness up there in Washington, the state of Washington, that is. Why don't you tell us a little more about there up where you train at? Uh, Rab Fitness is a great facility. Um, the owners are uh, really into strength and strength athletes, and 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 of course uh, bodybuilding and, and and all that that encompasses. Um, mm-hmm. And so they make it a, a facility where you, um, unlike a lot of you know commercial gyms where you don't have to be afraid of of what you're doing, uh, that you're gonna you know offend somebody. Um, at the right. same time, you know they're. They're more than willing to help. I, I, I promote and, and put on strongman contests there. Um, but they're just wrapping up uh, a two-day uh, USPA meet um, this weekend, uh, the Rad Fitness Summer uh-huh. Strength Wars. Um, uh-huh. And it was it was my privilege yesterday. I have a, a couple young ladies that I train, um, and they were they did a great job yesterday, um, and I'm very proud of them. <laughs> so, That's good. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's. As far as Eastern Washington goes, I, I, you know, in the state of Washington, I put it in the, easily in the top two, top three facilities that you could find to train at. Okay, good. So if you are, you know, ever in the Eastern Washington area, like I said, get a hold of Mike, and uh, you know, go over there and train with them at Rad Fitness. And for that, with like you said, you have you know powerlifting, you have bodybuilding, a lot of type of a thing. Do you see a lot of crossover? Meaning, like, do you see a lot of you know, your powerlifters then come and kind of venture over to your side and try strongman? Um, occasionally, yeah. You've seen I've seen a lot of a lot of CrossFit people come over and try it. Um mm-hmm. and it's it's a different it's a little bit different ball game. Um, you know, you have the functional aspect of strongman, um, if you're not ready for it, it will really, really take you take you uh to a different level. Um, you know, you see a guy who can squat seven or eight hundred pounds, but you put him underneath a six hundred pound yoke and right. it looks like somebody's jerking them all over the place. So, yeah. uh, you know, I try. You got the fish uh, tail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, the functional athletics of strongman lends itself to doing just about anything, whether you want to do powerlifting or whether you want to do CrossFit. Um, mm-hmm. So, I guess 
the best thing to say is is if you're going to be an athlete, you got to be able to do it all. You can't just do one or two things. Um, but there is a great crossover between strongman and powerlifting. Um, with a lot of other sports, it's it's a little bit different. A lot of times, bodybuilders I've seen bodybuilders come in and try and do strongman, and uh, unfortunately, they usually end up getting hurt because of the 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 uh, how do I put it the torsion you put on the connective tissue that they're not used to having from being from doing a lot of static stuff. Um, right. So you know that's something you have to watch out for when you're when you're helping your bodybuilding friends get into it. But you know, uh-huh. I encourage everybody to get into strongman because it's just it's it's a great com- it's a great sport with a lot of camaraderie and uh, a positive atmosphere. Yeah, even though like you, you mentioned, you touched on bodybuilding, it's an individual you know individual sport, and some might say you know strongman pretty much for the most part is an individual sport as well. But like you said, the, the camaraderie amongst the strongman is far greater than, you know, being in a backstage at a bodybuilding contest where everybody wants to bite everybody's head off. And it's nothing like that behind doors. You go to nationals anywhere, you're going to be competing, you know, top top two, top three. Those guys are rooting each other on to, pull, you know, load one more stone than the last guy or whatever yeah. it might be. That's really really great to see. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's not a uh, – it's not a subjective sport. You're not – it's not based on somebody else's judging of your – critique or performance you have solid numbers to tell you exactly what's happening and with those numbers you can you can know on the uh, you know when you're going into your next event or you're training for your next contest you have those numbers to base everything off of and it makes it makes it you know a lot a lot more clear cut mm-hmm. no definitely um why don't we jump back to uh to the olympia real quick so with you being last year and us touching on all the you know all these different sports we've talked about bodybuilding and powerlifting and and you're you're being a part of the gym Brad Fitness and Strongman and your progression and all that so what is the one thing hopefully there's one thing but what's the one thing from last year that was like oh you know only in Vegas is there any of those moments only in Vegas uh you know for me last year not really because by the time we you know, I guess, I guess I could I guess I could say uh, the diversity of the crowd at the Olympia was probably okay. one of those uh, only in Vegas kind of things uh, because you had everybody from you know you had kids running around to you know people who were in wheelchairs um, mm-hmm. you know eighty eighty five years old coming to to the Olympia um, so it, it, it again it's it's such an awesome venue to, to have the, the the sport displayed at um i couldn't ask for a, a really a better one okay no that's that's good for you know people out there listening not everybody's always at or has been to the olympia so they might not know that you know 85 year old grandma is going to come and watch this big straw man guy lift up you know cars or logs or whatever whatever it else it's, it's really something to see when you have a diverse crowd and people coming up to you and asking you, how do you do this or how do you do that? And why do you do this or do that? Rather than somebody that's just like you, a strong man, asking you the same question. It's kind of fulfilling, I know, at least for me as an athlete, to have that kind of uh, kind of conversation. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, you have, you know, because it's the Olympia, I mean, you have, like last year, um, you know, Benedict, Benedict Magnuson was around watching us. And uh, let's see, who else was Van Hatfield was there. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Best, of course, is there because he's right there in Vegas. Um, sure. So you get to you get to see some of those guys. At the same time, uh, Mark Felix was there. I was able to. I went out. To, we went out to uh, to eat with Mark, and that was awesome. Um, 
See, there's so, your only in Vegas story right there. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Where else? <laughs> well, that's good, man. Well, we've enjoyed having you on your show, and um, you know I'll be out there in Vegas here in a, in a month. We're going to go out, and we're going to live stream it, so it's actually going to be on, on live stream on the TV on North America's Strongman's website. So I'll be seeing you out there. Best of luck, and thanks for being on the show. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to take one more commercial break. When we come back, we'll have Mark Bevins and the rest of Strongman Radio here, and we'll also have some results from this past weekend's contest on Strongman Radio. When you're fishing, if you don't cast, you won't catch. The same goes for advertising. If you don't cast your line out there, nobody will know you exist. With the Strongman Corporation podcast, you'll be casting to more than 35,000 listeners each week in the U.S. alone. Plus, more than 100,000 around the world. Learn more by clicking the Contact Us tab at thestrongmancorporation.com. Beyond Ordinary Fitness, the world's premier strength sport. When you own a business or product, you want everyone to know about it. If that product is for the men and women who enjoy the fitness and camaraderie of strongman competitions, then it's never been easier to reach them. Advertise in our podcast today and reach over 35,000 downloaders each week. Learn more by clicking the Contact Us tab at strongmancorporation.com. Beyond Ordinary Fitness, the world's premier strength sport. Are you interested in the largest strongman organization in the world? Visit strongmancorporation.com. From amateurs to professional athletes, you'll find amazing articles, live event competitions, even videos and blog posts. That's strongmancorporation.com. Fully sanctioned for amateur and professional strongman. It's beyond ordinary fitness. It's the world's premier strength sport. Hit up the website at strongmancorporation.com to learn everything about strongman strength and power. Welcome back to Strongman Radio. I'd like to thank Mark, or excuse me, I'd like to thank Mike again, Mike Cromer, for coming on and talking with me. Uh, really good things to hear from him. Looking forward to seeing him out in Vegas this year. And now we have Mark Bevins on the line with us. How are you doing tonight, Mark? Doing real well. Great to have you on. Um, tracking you down for a while, trying to get you on the radio since I saw you at Mania. So I'm glad to have you on. And what I'd like you to do first is why don't you tell everybody about there a little about your competition history and how you got into this great sport we call strongman here absolutely okay uh just real quick history on me i started powerlifting in 1989 i was 16 years old um mm-hmm. started out in the 220 class i actually had to cut weight for my first class so i basically maintained pretty close to the same body weight my whole life so did powerlifting throughout my teenage years took a couple years off around into my college didn't compete um, got in the Scottish Highland Games, did the Highland Games for a while. The first strongman contest I did was up in uh, Michigan, and it was in 1999. I was still throwing, though, so mostly I still threw until probably 2003, if memory serves. Um, mm-hmm. Came back to strongman in maybe 04, then maybe 06. Um, and then I think since 08 on, I've just been doing purely strongman. I've done a couple of Highland games here and there for fun, just so I get the urge if my friend wants to compete. But, um, you know, basically my love right now is strongman. Um, like I said, I've done powerlifting, a lot of Highland games, did one Olympic lifting contest. That was plenty. And always okay. love strength. Yep, always love strength sports. Uh, this is, I've been working out now for almost 30 years. 
So that's pretty okay. much the rundown for me, and I'm getting ready for Masters Nationals right now. This will be my fourth go at it. Lightweight. Okay. And well, I was just going to ask you that. We're going just lightweight this year, or last yeah. year Mark went lightweight <laughs> and heavyweight. So yeah, just year, lightweight this year. Okay. Yeah, last year the events were more conducive, you know, for me doing it. Um, and what I mean by that is that, like, the medley was over in 30 seconds, the yokes over quickly. You know, those are fast um, events. So I can do them back-to-back because I do a lot of volume and training. So doing the light and heavies last year wasn't that big of a deal. But what I did find was very taxing was the press medley. Um, due to my damaged left arm, I can only press mm-hmm. dumbbells with my right arm. So I had to do, I think, 14 reps in lightweight. Then I had a little bit of right. rest. Did the heavyweight medley. I think I ended up with 10 reps. I mean, my shoulder was ready to explode <laughs> after that. Um, I'm sure. The deadlift is also very taxing because I use a lot of low back. I, I don't use much leg. I, I kind of stiff leg it. So mm-hmm. I knocked out 550 for 12 reps to win lightweights. And then when it got to the heavies for 600 for reps, it was just really, really rough. And so those two yeah. events were tough. But, like, the keg loads were really light last year, really quick. I think I was over in, like, 12 or 14, 15. I mean, whatever. This, it was really, really fast. So those were easy. Right. This year's a little different. Um, we've got a standback carry. I'm horrible at front carries. I can't breathe. I'm basically almost passing out from the get-go. I have a really hard time breathing when something's on my chest and diaphragm. Okay. So uh-huh. doing two max distance sandbag carries in a row would be brutal you know yeah um doing the, the deadlift frame there's going to be a ton of grip because we can't use straps so doing that back to back would be brutal you know yeah. max reps in the log cleaning press back you know so there's just too many of these events and um that are going to take me yeah. i'm going to be working for 60 seconds if you mm-hmm. make me work 10 or 20 seconds i can do multiple sets of that but when you when i gotta go a full 60 it's too tough right. on the body. It just really is. I would love to give it a go again. Last year was very, very fun, but not this year, not with these particular events. <laughs> no, when you when you actually you know, dot all the I's and cross all the T's and lay it out there, it, it's definitely, that sounds like a lot of work and not a very fun day for you, at least. It'd be fun to watch, but probably yeah, not it, fun doing doing all, especially all that grip work and, and like you said, the, the the cardio as far as carrying the sandbag. I mean, you're going to give, you know, 110% carrying that sandbag and then to, then to do it again with a heavier bag for heavyweight? I don't, not, no thanks. Yeah, I just, again, yeah, last year could do it. Like the yokes, I mean, honestly, if you're going to do an 800 yoke, because our heavyweight was 800, I think the lightweight was 675, that's a normal progression in training, right? So right. if you're going to do an 800 in training, you're going to do something between 6 and 7 on your set beforehand. So it was almost like a normal workout doing light and heavy. But you know, right. I would never do two back-to-back max log sets, you know, clean and press for reps. From what mm-hmm. I understand, the beast metals log is quite difficult to clean. Um, one of my training partners is a recent heavyweight pro, and he said it's mm-hmm. very tough to clean. And everyone he spoke to, I believe the heavyweight winner in Chicago did eight reps with the big dog log, and with the right. same weight, I think he got six with the beast metals. It's, it's really slick. And okay. I guess the, in the way that it's cut, the um, the handholds, the holes for the handles yes. are big. So those they little are big, love, yeah. Those, yeah, those little love bites that we bitch about mm-hmm. getting on our, our forearms, well, now right. we miss that leverage, so it's a ton of arm and, and hand and wrist. So Yeah. Yes. I'm, tra- I'm training with uh, the toughest log we have at our gym, specifically to prepare myself for the beast medals. Okay. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen pictures and uh we actually there was a contest here in Pennsylvania very similar to it as far as the holes the opening, you know, with it with it being that much bigger, it just seems like 
rolling up your chest and that, that clean just seems that much longer for it to get up there. It might not be, but it just seems like it takes forever to get up there. So, it, there's no yeah, I, I could see, yeah. And I think you end up using a lot more bicep at the end. What I find is that if I miss my clean and I don't get it quite racked on the first, you know, rip up my stomach, then I you just have to curl those last few inches. And it, it starts to fatigue you, so it's just something to be prepared for because, you know, mm-hmm. that little extra time under tension, it wears you out quickly, as you know, and especially sure. doing max reps. I mean, everything you can, because any type of, every rep that tires you out even a fraction, it just adds, it's cumulative. So by the time you're done at the end, you know, you just waste it. Okay, yeah. So we talked, we covered log, we covered uh, covered yoke. How about some of the other events covered sandbag too as well? So we got uh, the, the frame deadlift and uh, the circus dumbbell we haven't talked about yet. So how do you feel on the, on the frame, no straps? Yeah. How do you feel about that one? Um, I'm actually glad they made the change. The only thing I would have been, I, I'm not a fan of frame deadlifts. I'm not a, frame, a fan of any partial deadlift. I mean, I'm kind of old school. I think a conventional deadlift should be done standard height. That's my favorite. You know, I don't mind if it's an axle. Mm-hmm. Axle doesn't bug me. Not a fan right. of 18 inch deadlifts. Not a fan. And this is an 18 or 18 and a half pick on the beast metals frame. So right. that's not my favorite. It's not a true test of back strength. However, Getting rid of the straps, I like because the weights were too light with straps. It would have been a rep fest, especially for the shorter mm-hmm. athlete. You know, oh, yeah. I'm not going to mention names, but a good friend of mine, we were chatting back and forth. There were some guys, you know, prior to knowing there wouldn't be straps, I'm like, oh, well, so-and-so probably has this in the bag because he's short. Very short mm-hmm. range of motion. He can do a million reps. Right. But he's not a grip guy. So once you take the straps out, I'm like, good Lord, this guy may have gone for a potential first place to maybe almost last. Yeah. So it's a much different dynamic, and so I'm not going to use straps at all. I'm going to deadlift it every week um, because it is a partial range of motion. When it's a, a mm-hmm. heavy conventional deadlift, I usually deadlift heavier every third week. This is a, a okay. more partial range, a little easier in the low back, and I like right. to work my grip at least once a week. So I'll, right now I'm just hitting set to 10s, and I'm up in the weight. I uh, did 620 for 10 this uh, yesterday. And that was from a 16-inch pull, so it's a little longer mm-hmm. pull. But I respect the Beast Metal's grip because, as you've probably known from people from the Arnold and from other folks, yep. it's powder-coated. It's a tough handle. Yes. It's, it's not as easy to grip as other ones. So my whole thing is just make sure my grip is as strong as it can get. You know, there's not, only so much you can do in a matter of a month or so. But, you know, you put you put forth the effort regardless. And you try to come in with the best package you got. Mm-hmm. Of course, you always do. So, uh your last one, you have uh, we've been talking about. You have the circus dumbbell. You pretty feel pretty confident with that, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. You, you did your contest, which was fantastic. And that was a 180 mm-hmm. dumbbell, hit five reps. Yes, good for me. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you, I haven't touched the dumbbell since. I plan on hitting the dumbbell twice, maybe three times before the contest. And I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not trying to make light of it, but a 130 pound dumbbell isn't particularly challenging. It's a ton of reps. So, like, for me, it's almost more damaging to do it every week because it aggravates my rotator cuff and my impingement in my right shoulder. So Mm -hmm. I'm only going to do it sparingly. I'm much more concerned about my weaknesses, which is yoke speed, um, making sure my grip is fine-tuned in the frame, and I'm trying to get that sandbag carry to work, which is just brutal. When you're not comfortable doing front carries, it's brutal to train. But, you know, I'm doing everything I can on that as well. The one good thing is with it being – in the Olympia indoors, I think that might actually benefit some of you guys because when we train sandbags outside, sometimes I mean when you're you're going to sweat no matter what, but when you're really in the element outside, 
I know it's really, really hard to breathe. I mean, maybe the, with it being climate controlled in, inside might help a little bit, you think? It, I think it definitely will. So what's going to happen? One, you've got very dry air, right? This is Vegas. So right, exactly. your shirts, your breathing's going to be better. You know, I live in Atlanta. The humidity can be vicious, and you're right. right. It's after you're breathing and, you, and just walking, you're like, hey, I'm having trouble breathing, just moving around. So <laughs> Exactly. It's an ideal situation. You know, it'll be good for the grip on the frame. Um, mm -hmm. Olympia, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to compete. I mean, the, you know, it's tight. I'm not going to lie. It's very tight for the athletes. We didn't get a chance to warm up. Um, other than the press medley last year, we really had no chance to warm up for anything else because it's very tight in there. But, you know, you can warm up, of course. You bring your bands. You can do your stretches. You know, there's stuff you can do. Mm -hmm. um, I was sure. picking up 100-pound plates that were sitting around and doing warm-ups with them. So you, you make you do what you can. You don't, don't, don't just sit there and get cold. But uh, I'm excited right. about it. I like the freak show, honestly. I like seeing everyone walking around. You see some famous names. Um, mm -hmm. Very very happy to be competing at the Olympia. Very cool. You've been listening. This is Mark Bevins. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more from Mark, some of his stories and experiences from last year, and what he expects from this year's Masters Nationals 2015 in Las Vegas, Las Vegas Nevada on Strongman Radio. When you own a business or product, you want everyone to know about it. If that product is for the men and women who enjoy the fitness and camaraderie of strongman competitions, then it's never been easier to reach them. Advertise in our podcast today and reach over 35,000 downloaders each week. Learn more by clicking the Contact Us tab at strongmancorporation.com. Beyond Ordinary Fitness, the world's premier strength sport. Are you interested in the largest strongman organization in the world? Visit strongmancorporation.com. From amateurs to professional athletes, you'll find amazing articles, live event competitions, even videos and blog posts. That's strongmancorporation.com, fully sanctioned for amateur and professional strongman. It's beyond ordinary fitness. It's the world's premier strength sport. Hit up the website at strongmancorporation.com to learn everything about strongman strength and power. When you're fishing, if you don't cast, you won't catch. The same goes for advertising. If you don't cast your line out there, nobody will know you exist. With the Strongman Corporation podcast, you'll be casting to more than 35,000 listeners each week in the U.S. alone, plus more than 100,000 around the world. Learn more by clicking the Contact Us tab at thestrongmancorporation.com. Beyond Ordinary Fitness, the world's premier strength sport. Welcome back to Strongman Radio. We still have Mark on the line with us. He's been telling us how his career has spanned more than 30 years, going from body, or uh, excuse me, going from powerlifting to Highland Games. Now to Strongman, he's really concentrated on the past five, ten years. With all that time and all that different sports, weights lifting, and all that, you got to have some injuries, huh, Mark? How do you uh, how do you deal with the, with the injuries or, or avoiding the injuries, you know, or training around them? What's your secret? Tell us the, how you got the fountain of youth, man. Let us know. <laughs> well, I don't feel like I found the fountain of youth. Um, a lot of it, <laughs> honestly, you have to be more intelligent about your training. Um, it's avoidance of certain exercises that hurt you. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm going over just real quick a few injuries I have just in my left arm. 
I've got mm-hmm. a 30-50% tear in my tricep tendon at the elbow. I've got a bone spur. I broke my collarbone. It was un- undiagnosed. I separated my shoulder as well, undiagnosed. I had tremendous amount of arthritis, partially mm-hmm. torn rotator cuff, partially torn tricep muscle. That's just the left side, right? And that's just my left arm. It doesn't work too right. well anymore. Now, okay. And, you know, there's a ton, you know, many, many back injuries, knee injuries. I mean, there's a ton of things. I've suffered for the past couple uh, years uh, with uh, groin and ab tear that were very mm-hmm. much like uh, a sports hernia. I mostly okay. basically tore both sides, so I couldn't mm-hmm. squat. Um, couldn't even deadlift off the floor at all. So what it is, it's avoidance of things that really irritate your injuries. I stopped barbell bench pressing regularly probably when I was 30 years old. My shoulder was that bad, that much pain. Mm-hmm. It was um, hurting my highlight games. Horrible mm-hmm. biceps tendonitis. I had to stop it. Most of my work, people laugh at me. I'll, I train six days a week, so I train a lot of volume. Four okay. days are machines. It's upper body, back and biceps, all machines. I don't touch a, I don't touch a barbell. I don't touch a dumbbell. I physically can't bench with a dumbbell anymore. My shoulder mm-hmm. is, is just literally the, the weight. Can, it, my left arm can collapse with almost any light weight. It's quite amazing sometimes how unstable it can wow. be. So, and I don't press overhead. I press overhead once a week. I cannot do any really extra work because it irritates my elbow so much in that overhead position. It really stretches out the tendon and muscle over the spur and whatever else is going on in there. So long okay. story short, right. I train my body as I can, a lot of pump work, and then I do, for my overhead, I do a vent pressing. And it's usually one all-out set. I, I'd like to be able to do five sets of five, but if I do too much, you know, really – I may suffer for a few days or I may suffer for a few weeks. I mean, in all, I, in all honesty, I was training with a buddy. He wanted to do strict presses. I did them. Mm-hmm. My shoulder hurt for a month, and I kept them light because, right. you know, there's certain things I cannot do anymore. Little things, though, okay. you just got to be – got to listen to your body. I had a tremendous amount of knee pain five years ago, almost to the point where I wanted to quit the sport, mm-hmm. and I realized it was power cleans. And oh. catching that, that quarter squat position, fast position, using the Olympic shoes, was causing a lot of shearing force and pain in my left knee. I quit doing power okay. cleans. I recently got rid of my Olympic shoes. I know it's a big no-no, but when I push, when I dip for a push press or push jerk, my knees track mm-hmm. really forward. A couple of my fellow trainers mentioned it, saw it on a video, went to flat soles, and my knee soreness has come, actually diminished quite a bit. So... Making huh. tweaks, uh, I can squat again now after I kind of rehab my groin and ab tears. I yeah. use I won't squat without briefs. I have a very loose pair of briefs. They're very mm-hmm. easy to get on. They're, you know, the point is not to put on weight, but it's to keep my hips in the line, keep them tight. And now right. I can actually squat almost every week, and I don't have to suffer too much doing it. I, I okay. haven't hurt my back squatting in ages, so... Um, some things you have to ditch. Uh, front squats are a great exercise. For whatever reason, they irritate my hip, my IT band, horribly. I can't do them. And I can okay. do them, but there's a price to pay. So what right. you learn is that, you know, when it comes to an event, yes, overhead pressing hurts me, but I have to do it. So I do sure. just, I do enough, right? I keep the intensity right, and I keep the volume down. Um, and like a, with my lower back, I've learned that I can go two or three weeks in between heavy deadlifts, and it's actually, I end up stronger. I can't mm-hmm. lift heavy every week. I grind right. myself into the ground. So best thing to do is listen to your body. Um, I hate to admit it. I'm starting to do a little bit of flexibility work, especially my shoulders. And I think my <laughs> That's good, man. That. That's good. Yeah. I, 
I used to hate flex. I hate, I hate stretching. I'm just like, oh, I hate it. It's useless. It's not fun. You know, I don't lift for stretching. But the truth right. is my shoulder flexibility, if I don't maintain it, I will press the bar out two or three inches in front of me and sometimes struggle with a very light weight. Before your contest, I was really struggling right. with the axle. My axle went in the toilet right beforehand. I had stopped okay. stretching for whatever reason. And then literally yeah. within a week, brought it back, and I, I hit a lifetime PR in your contest, and I think I really could have hit a huge PR had I been able to clean the 360. But, you know, that yeah. wasn't wasn't to be, but still a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. Good deal, huh? I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. Like you said, listening to your body and, and, and your learning, and guys that you train with, too, seeing those little things and, and helping you out, whether it be just as small as changing your shoes or, Correct. you know, listening and maybe not doing as much pressing as you did when you were 20, 30 years old. That's that's good. That's what you have to do. And with that comes training partners and fun stories. So let's hear it. What what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but how about they share a little story here on the radio too as well. Anything happened last year, funny or otherwise? Yeah, well, one of the funniest things, um, uh, the lightweight pro, Zach McCarley, great kid, very strong young man. He texted mm-hmm. me on Saturday morning saying, apologizing. Um, and he had thought we had had words the night before, some type of altercation. And so there must be some twin, God help him if he looks just like me, but there's somebody in Vegas <laughs> who looks just like me that had a run-in with Zach, and he thought it was okay. me. I'm like, dude, concentrate on your contest. It wasn't me. Can't apologize because I have no idea what you're right. talking about. Um, but uh, <laughs> Zach did great, didn't win. It was kind of funny between the two of us. I'm like, man, I have no idea what you're talking about, uh, but, you know, he's a good kid. He's a great kid. He had a very, um, I don't know how many people know, he had a very unique attempt in his deadlift, that 700-plus deadlift for reps the lightweight pros did. He tried to okay. kind of lever it up on one side. He was trying to lever up one side over his knee and get the other one up to hitch it up. It was actually, oh. we were looking at, like, what in the world is he doing? But then we're like, oh, we get it. Because he's more of a car deadlifter, I think, than a conventional puller. So it was a great attempt, okay. a lot of heart. So that was a good story. Um, yeah. I, I tell you, stories in general is watching some of these old guys. Um, guy I really love, Richard Bros from Memphis. He had mm-hmm. one of the most brutal, you know, yoke attempts and farmer attempts. And just seeing a guy in his 50s just out there you know, giving his heart out, though, that's the type of story I like, you know. Some are a little yeah. more heartbreaking. Another great friend of mine, Mike Timonello, who's one of the greatest lightweight masters I've ever seen. I mean, he does stuff that, I mean, he's, you know, national level in certain events. But what I hate mm-hmm. to see is many of the older athletes, Mike included, our shoulders are starting to go. And he had some right. real trouble in the keg press. Um, and it was just devastating because he's such a well-rounded athlete, and he does have strong shoulders. He has got a lot of muscle, but sometimes the body just isn't there, you know. Right. And, that's the tough story because you know guys have trained and you see them struggle. Um, but unfortunately, as an older athlete, sometimes you, know, you just don't know who's going to show up. And mm-hmm. you may have four great events and then you just have one terrible event. And that, that body, you know, the, a lot of times the muscle's not as bad, but the joints, it's just amazing how they can deteriorate with age and, and overuse, you know, and abuse, right? Yeah. We're all knuckleheads. Yeah. We beat the crap out of ourselves for decades. So it's one of the reasons I tell young guys, I'm like, don't worry about longevity. I mean, longevity is good, and you'll be smart. But if you want to make mm-hmm. your mark in the sport, have a five-year plan, 10-year tops, right. right? Don't expect yeah. to be in here 20, 30 years because, you know what, I can pretty much tell your future, you know, 99% of you won't be doing this in 20, 30 years, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's reality. Right. You know, yeah. so don't worry about 
I'm going to make these tiny incremental gains for the next two decades. No, you're not, man. It's, it's hard. It's not easily done, and you <laughs> probably lose interest and go on to other stuff. So you know, just yeah. have fun with it while you're doing it. It's not for, like you said, I mean, not that you even lose interest, but it's it's very hard to, especially when once you hit that, like, muscle maturity age from whether it be 30 or 35, you're going to hit some point, and like, like you said, joints and everything start hurting, and just life happens pretty much. I mean, it you does. know, you get married or kids or everything. It could be anything, and everything adds up, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're – 45 and you're you're done with strongman but there's other stuff in life so make your mark on a sport within like you said five ten years you know really give it your all and then hopefully people remember you exactly <laughs> pretty much exactly <laughs> i'm still having a ton of fun um i know my time will come when i can no longer compete at the level i want but for right now i'm scrapping for every ounce of muscle every pound of strength you know i'm doing what i can trying to be creative trying to listen to my body right. i still i still love it I probably compete too much. This is going to be my sixth contest this year. You know, mm-hmm. anything I should be slowing down, but I'm having too much fun. Okay, so we get there to the Olympia. You just finished your weigh-ins. Where do you go first to eat in Vegas? Where is your spot? Where are you going? That's a great question. My buddy Mike knows Vegas really well. Ah, we went to this breakfast joint that was really good. I mean, to me, I'd rather go to a buffet, and I tell you what, I won't oh. go to the Westgate uh-huh. buffet. I, I prefer the Bellagio buffet because the food there okay. is top-notch. You spend a okay. few bucks more, but it's worth it, you know. So okay. um, we'll see what the other guys want to do, but I'm always up for the Bellagio anytime because that's just, to me, one of the better buffets in Vegas, and it's worth the few extra bucks they charge you. Okay. Good to know. Mentally noted. I'd like to thank you, Mark. That's all the time I have for you tonight. Um, we're going to just wish you the best of luck at Masters Nationals. I will see you out there, and I thank you for being on the show. Thank you much. All right. That does it for today's this week's uh, show here with episode 68. Next week, we'll have episode 69. More to come from Strongman Radio. Thank you for listening to the show. Please help us by supporting our sponsors. Tune in next week for our next exciting episode of Strongman Radio.